Good evening, Phoenix Nation. Hello. Once again, you've come and joined us here at the Phoenix Nest. We are the Phoenix Gate Podcast, and I am Josh Phoenix, and... I am Jade Phoenix. And for those of you that have been following our podcast over this month of May, you would know that this episode is another one in our series called The Enemy Within, where we'll be tackling, yet again, another mental disorder... For your knowledge, for your support, and whatever else you can get out of it. And the best part is, is if you didn't know, over the past few episodes, we've been having technical difficulties secondary to the fact that one of, uh... The official podcast cat. The official podcast kitty decided to kill my computer. So, everyone, welcome my new beautiful beast. I love it. I'm in love nice with computer. it. computer. And, uh, yeah, let us know if, you know... We're reaching you out there, because it's, like I said, new computer, God knows, yep. but sorry can, we're coming to you so late yep. today, too. And you can see the top cover of my laptop as well, so you can see the different stickers, one being Deadpool, because Deadpool is just fucking awesome, and some of the uh, products that I use being Badass Beard Care, which I don't really use much anymore, I had a little bit of a shaving accident, so I just hacked it all off. <laughs> uh, also, there's Fug and Vapor Company. Who give me great discounts, and we're working on maybe getting an affiliate ship with them. They haven't answered yet. We do actually have a new affiliate ship, but I'm not going to talk about it on this episode because we haven't gotten the swag and the samples that they promised me. When that comes in, we will definitely talk about it. And what? And also, ah, Little Machine Beer Company in Denver, Colorado. Great beer, but you know, as I've said, in Colorado, you can fall out of one brewery and land in another. Yeah, that's true. Not, not that that's a problem by any stretch of the imagination. Not for saying. us, anyway. But speaking of beer breweries, it's time for your favorite segment, and that would be Epic Beer Snobbery. Yes. And well, for those of you that tuned into our Facebook, our Instagram, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, to see what I was going to be reviewing this week, we're left in a bit of a lurch, because this week is a mystery beer snobbery. I'm going to be reviewing something... That was provided to us by one of our local loyal travelers, being Eli. She brought it back from the land of the rising sun. She did. And for those of you that can assume, I'm talking about Strong Zero. Mm. Strong Zero is pretty much Japanese for a loco that doesn't kill you. So this should be Yay! interesting. Yep, it is a whopping 9% alcohol by volume in this tiny little can. That's a lot. Now the Japanese are actually nice enough to tell me, what is the ideal temperature to serve this at? Which would be negative 196 degrees Fahrenheit. Celsius. Yes, Celsius, you're correct. That's a Celsius. Because we're the only ones not on the metric system. Yes, thank you, America. America! America! See, while he's getting to drink that awesomeness tonight, I'm just sticking with my Jack Cider and, uh, what was it, the Sierra Mist? Mmm. Approved by sorority girls everywhere. <laughs> like All that. Right. So, wow, this is like a lot thicker of a like can. That's what she said. Yes. yes. That is what she said. <laughs> that's what she said. But, oh. oh, that's a nice sound. Okay, here we Ooh. go. God, smell that. Oof. That, <laughs> it smells like it's going to get you drunk. Okay? It probably is. I, I, oh, wow. Oof. Actually... I mean, you can definitely taste the alcohol in it, but it kind of tastes like lemonade. 
like not like Mike's hard, not like Mike's hard lemonade, like legitimate lemonade. Oh, that's danger, danger salt. Danger, Will Robinson. Let's okay. I mean, you could definitely smell that it's alcoholic. Yeah, let's taste it. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. that that will fuck you danger. up. Danger! Watch yourself. That will fuck you up because you won't realize that you are wasted until you stand up. And you've had like seven of them. Yeah. Because they come in this fancy little can. You think they're, you know, just look at the ear and everything. Which is weird. Cause it's so unassuming. Little, yeah, those of you that don't know. Hey, Michelle. Know, hey, Amanda. Thanks for joining us today. We're glad to have you back. Thank you for joining us. Yes, yes. Yep. We're doing beer snobbery. For those of you that don't know, it is actually legal to drink on the streets in Japan. So can you imagine a bunch of people drinking these and wandering around? That's got to be um, interesting. And we've seen like pictures of like the streets in Japan where everybody's walking single file after a couple of these. I don't think so. I mean, then again, we don't know. The alcohol tolerance of the Japanese may be redonkulous. Have you never seen Japanese people sing karaoke? I have. Which I've been led to believe is Japanese for asshole with a microphone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But anyway. Yeah. Anyways, that shit's going to yeah. get you fucked up. But it's in the best way possible. Agreed. As long as you're only drinking one or two. And I'm only drinking one. Wow. So I'll be all right. Yeah, you'll be fine. Psh, psh, psh. If I was worried, I would steal your keys. Mr. Steve Girl. Whoa. Okay. I totally do that. But me, I mean, I don't have to go anywhere. Unfortunately, This I, is my nest, so I can drink all I want. Unfortunately, I can't tell you people <laughs> where to get Strong Zero except go to Japan. Yeah, I don't think they sell it here in the States because of the alcohol volume. Well, I mean, I think it's just, for what, and especially, sorry to get political for a second oh, here. here we go. But it's going to be even harder, even if you did want to import it, because somebody who shall remain nameless is uh, jacking Gee. up the tariffs. Come here, for, kids. Well, first China, and we're going to assume Japan is probably right on the horizon. Mm. So the tariffs are going up, and that's just a huge pain in the ass. So, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that. Bubba was my best good friend. He was. Bubs. Bubba. Bubs. So, um, my, Michelle's like, Kitty! And I was like, oh, it's Eclipse. Everyone say hello to Eclipse. Or as we call him, Prince to Kitty. Prince to Kitty. He is the Black Panther of my Clowder. Because yeah. I have a Clowder. Clowder is what you would call a group of cats. I have seven. Seven cats live in this nest with me. So that's not a Clowder. That's a Clowder! Serenity now! Well, everybody's like, oh, you're a crazy cat lady. No, I'm not. I have two dogs. It negates the crazy cat lady. Yeah, she's just a crazy lady. Yeah. The cats do not factor into the equation. No. But yeah, so yeah, Strong Zero, unfortunately, it's delicious, but you can't get it in the States. But I figured it'd be fun to try something a little international and a little bit fancy. Well, it's this is your night. Yeah. This is your night, so you get to do whatever you want. Facts. True. So, yeah, that being said... I'm just along for the ride and playing technical We are going to be jumping into this week's subject, which is bipolar disorder. As Jade Phoenix said, this is going to be... I'm heading up this episode because I am a diagnosed bipolar depressive. Don't worry, I've taken my meds today. But, yeah, bipolar... Yeah, yeah, I did. Okay. Bipolar disorder was originally called manic depressive disorder for good reason, because... People that are bipolar, like myself, do have... Michelle says that she's eating her dinner while she's watching us. Cool! Cool. What you eating? Anything good? Why did you bring us some? We actually just had... um, I made um, tricolor pasta with uh, carrot and ginger soup as the sauce. It was interesting. It was good. It's different. 
Yeah. You know, because, you know, I'm trying to be healthy and lose weight. Well, we're both trying because con, well, I mean, con season is upon us. Con season is. I'm going to be at a con this weekend. Where am I going to be, Josh, before we get into the full bipolar episode? Uh, was it East Coast Comic Con? Yes. I am. She's going to be at East Coast Comic Con this weekend. I'm having a drink and listening. Okay, man. Cool. Um, but yeah, I'll, too. I'll be at East Coast Comic Con this weekend, all three days. I'm going to be debuting three new cosplays. Three. Um, so, I, I mean, then it may subject to change. I may decide to keep one for June. I don't know yet. We'll mm. see. Um, and, then, and speaking of June, that's a double con month for us. I'm doing triple. Remember, triple I have Pokemon Go Fest. Oh, that's right. You have Pokemon yeah. Go Fest. That's right. Cheeseburger, fries, cauliflower, and, pa- and poppers. Ooh, sounds delicious. Sounds absolutely delicious. But, um, yeah, so I will be at East Coast Comic Con all weekend, guys. Come find me. Uh, you know, say hello. Get some swag. I'll be having Phoenix Gate swag there for you guys. Um, you'll be working the Tough Mudder in PA. Yes, I'll be working a Tough Mudder race in PA. So, unfortunately, I won't be able to join Jade Phoenix at East Coast Comic Con maybe next year. Yeah, and then the best part is, is our Brothers from Another Mothers, the second round's NYC edition, is going down south to Megacon this weekend as well. I am super fucking jealous because we were supposed to go, but um, we're poor. Especially because I had to buy a new fucking computer. Yeah. Thanks, Tony. Fucking cat. New computer brought to you by Tony the Scooch. Right? And there's Prince to Kitty once again. Hey, so, thanks, yeah, so either way, um, cheers to the second rounds, cheers to the second rounds, Florida, cheers to you guys, and to our digital overlords, the All In Network. Network. Um, so yeah, I'm sorry. Let's get into the nitty gritty. Yes. This is a bad, oh, trigger warning, trigger warning, trigger warning. Um, Josh Phoenix is, as he said, a diagnosed bipolar disorder Depressive. sufferer. Bipolar, bipolar depressive, which I will get into the differences in them in a few minutes. Right. But There are different categories to yeah. every single disorder. Apparently, I was doing some research on mine, getting ready for my cast about Borderline, and I found there's four different subsets. And now I'm like, oh shit, okay, time to do some more research. But tell us about bipolar disorder, Josh. Yes. As I said, it was originally called manic depressive disorder because people with bipolar will have extreme mood swings. There are manic stages where... You're pretty much a squirrel on crack. You have boundless energy, and you want to do everything, and da da da, and you can't focus on a goddamn thing. At least I can't when I'm having a manic episode. Nope, he can't, and I have to talk him down. And then, obviously, on the other end of the spectrum is the depressive part of it, where you're you're sluggish, you you don't want to do anything, you don't find joy in anything in extreme cases. But therein, within bipolar, there are different forms. There's what they call bipolar one. Where you tend to have more manic episodes than depressive, and bipolar 2, which is obviously the reverse. Mm-hmm. Where you tend to have more depressive episodes than manic. And then there's one that's called cyclothymia, which you have rapid switch, 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 and they and you don't have a, a settling, a middle point for at least two years. So you're going manic, depressive, 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 manic, 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 and you're jumping all over the place. And I mean, from what I've read, that's actually got to be the hardest one of them all. So, I mean, like I said, I, I'm a bipolar depressive, so I'd be considered bipolar too, because I, I would, was having more depressive episodes than manic. But like I said, I took my meds and I'm doing good. Yeah. I mean, honestly, believe it or not, um, leading up to your diagnosis, because it's a recent diagnosis, and I've been saying for years that I think, you know, something's up, 
but you know, only a licensed professional can sit there and say, "This is what's, this wrong, is what's with wrong with you." You know, because I knew it wasn't my disorder. No. You know, because it was different. Um, but EMS is different. Anyway, yeah, our work is different. <laughs> um, anyways, um, the thing about it is, I know so many people that suffer from bipolar, like you. Uh, Sindel suffers yeah. from bipolar disorder. Like everybody I know, yeah, oh my god! Um, quite a few coworkers I have have bipolar disorder. Uh, friends that I've grown up with were diagnosed with bipolar, and it's funny that it's become so mainstream. I hate saying the word mainstream for it, but it is. Yeah, the you only know? time I want to say mainstream is when I'm holding a hipster's head under it. True, but bubble stuff. It, it's 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 what I don't. What people don't seem to understand about bipolar disorder and the fact that we also treat bipolar disorder patients a lot when they're having one of their swings is that um, it's not one of those things that you could just literally sit there and snap them out of it. It does not work that way. Not at all. It does not work that way. Um, They're saying that didactic and and dialogue and helps and it does let's not get this twisted but there is no real way where people who are honestly having one of their manic episodes you can't snap them out of it most of the time it's best to just go with it and make sure they just don't hurt themselves yeah and the same thing with depressive episodes as well yeah just you go just, with you, it you can't just be like yo just cheer up and get your ass out of bed because that's just it's not going to happen and you're going to further alienate the person that's suffering from a depressive episode do not make them feel shame they feel enough shame whether you know it or not trust me i know it's true but just so you don't confuse somebody that just is in a really happy state for (laughs) once from being in a manic episode i don't mean to laugh but eli is like oh my god you shaved i haven't seen that in almost a year i'm assuming she means your face yeah she does and uh, Uh, yeah it was a shaving accident and i cut like a huge chunk out of my mustache and then i just said, fuck it, and I shaved it all off. And uh, Erica's Prime says, hi. Hi! hi. <laughs> Hello. Hello. But, yes, as I was saying, people are having a manic episode. You can see that they feel very happy, up higher, elated, a lot of energy, increased activity levels. They're almost acting jumpy or wired. Like, kind Pro- of thing. Bouts of insomnia are classic if you're having a manic episode, mm-hmm. and that's happened to me more often than not. Uh, you talk really times? fast, talk really fast. Really, I'm kind times? of talking right now for a reason. Talking really fast, really fast. Yeah, that's a sign of the manic episode. It's true. It's true. It's true. I'll get, I'll get a phone call in the middle of the night sometimes, and I'm an insomniac, so it doesn't bother me. Yeah. But I'll get the phone call, and it'll be like, I'll be like, you good? And I'll just sit there and listen, and then they'll be like, are you sure? <laughs> okay. You know, and, and it's just, it's like, you just got to learn to roll with yeah. it. And as we said before, don't try to say, oh, just snap out of it because when you do that, people in a manic episode are going to be get agitated, irritable, or quote-unquote touchy. But, you know, and they feel like, you know, as fast as they're talking, they're their not. mind is going just as fast. Or faster. Exactly. Which is crazy because you'd sit there and then they get, like, the other thing you got to understand is they're going to be very short. They're not going to understand. They're not going to realize that you are unable to keep up. So therefore, they're going to get a little bit like, why can't you understand what I'm going through? And that's where the, that's where the manic episode can turn into a rage episode. Yeah. Or, or why people would have their freak out. 
because they don't understand in their spiral that they're talking that, or thinking too fast for everybody else. Right, and that the rest of us can't keep up. And then you try to take on too many tasks at once. Me personally, I'm very guilty of this during a manic episode. I try to clean my house, clean my bathroom, clean my kitchen, wash all my dishes, and then plot the doom and despair of the lady that lives upstairs. Wait, I didn't say that. Say what? Exactly. Bingo. And then most severely, people in a manic episode engage in very risky behavior. Spending too much money. Yeah. Drinking too much. Drugs and alcohol are a big problem with bipolars in the... My drinking is controlled. But even worse, they'll engage in reckless sexual activity, which can lead to STDs, AIDS, etc., etc., and, you know, an empty wallet, because sometimes you end up going to a hooker. Not me, but other people out there. And let's not forget, you know, sometimes you get knocked up, or you knock somebody up. Yeah, and therein lies, then you have a nine-month problem, at least. Oh, 18 years. Got one of your kids, you got you for 18 years, and on the 18th birthday, you found out it wasn't his. There you go. See, now, and what sucks about bipolar disorder is it mimics borderline a lot. It mimics borderline. It mimics major depression disorder. It mimics being high on amphetamines. Yes, it does. So people think you're high on drugs when you're just having this, a episode. bit of a mental break. And the, and, the, and the other part about it is is that also you got to understand that the medication that is used to treat bipolar disorder will also give you a lot of these symptoms. Or some of them. Some of them. Some but of they'll them. also control them to a point where, for you, they may be under control, but for the rest of us, maybe not so much. No, maybe not so much. Like your exactly. ability. What Amanda just said. When you're dealing with somebody in either a manic or a depressive episode, you just need to give them a lot of patience and support. Don't turn around and be like, I can't fucking deal with this. And like, I just can't. Like, I just can't with you right now. Call me when you're normal. Never say, call me when you're normal uh, or act normal. Please don't. But mm. as I was saying, that's all the symptoms of a manic episode. People that are having a depressive episode, they're going to feel very sad, down, empty, hopeless. Hopeless is a big one with Dutch bipolars in a depressive episode. Huge. 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 Little energy. I mean, it's literally almost the, the anathema. Ooh, big word. Ooh, SAT word on the Phoenix Gate. Of uh, manic, you have low energy. Your your activities decreased. You have you are insomniac, but because you you, you, you can't calm your all these thoughts in your head in order that you can fall asleep. You can't enjoy things. I mean, I personally, when I've been in a, in a depressive episode, I don't want to watch movies. I don't want to play video games. I don't want to do anything. I just want to lay in bed and be a slug. And that and I realize. Even in the midst of, of the episode, that that is not healthy, and I shouldn't be doing that, which just makes it all the worse. It's true, because I'll, I'll sometimes I'll text him, and I'll know something's up, like where I'll get one word answers, or I'll you know feel each other's energy. So I'll know something's up more so than maybe other people will, but I will know that he's in slug mode. Where I'm like, what are you doing? Nothing. You're not playing video games? No. No. Nope. Are you out? No. So what are you doing? I'm in bed. Nothing. I'm in bed. Okay, I'm coming over. Or yeah. come over, we're doing stuff. Oh, I don't really feel like it. I don't give a shit. Get up. Yeah, like I said, it's you and you can't enjoy the things you enjoy. Nope. 
You feel worried, yep. empty. You can't concentrate mm -hmm. because your mind is just consumed by all these thoughts of hopelessness and this empty feeling. You forget things. Yeah. You eat. You compulsively overeat, or you don't eat. Me personally, I'm the latter. When I'm in a depressive episode, you I don't, don't want to eat a goddamn thing. You don't eat. I have to force them to do it. I, I, I force myself to drink water so I stay hydrated. Yeah. And. Uh, that. And then, of course, the most extreme, you have thoughts of death or suicide. Some people, just to end those feelings. Yeah. Just to, they, they don't want to deal with it anymore. It's true. It's true. I mean, honestly, um, most of the people that we'll have, that we'll pick up in our job is because they're having an episode to a point where it cannot be controlled mm -hmm. with medication or their thought processes that they were taught or they're just not on their medication yeah. at all. And uh, we have, can't even tell you how many times I've had uh, an EDP patient, psych patient, that is in the middle of a full-blown bipolar meltdown. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, how do I get this person out of their meltdown just enough that I don't have to sedate them, that I don't have to call okay. ESU? And I'm going to jump in on that. Specifically with bipolar... For those of you out there listening that are healthcare providers, EMTs, paramedics, nurses, doctors, etc. Or hell, somebody who has bipolar disorder and doesn't know what well, to do. I'm speaking because you just said, well, I don't want to have to sedate them. With bipolar, sedation, you're just going to amp up the chances of a major depressive episode. True. Because they, swing, they can swing back and forth at the drop of a hat. So sedating them is going to make them feel more depressed, more hopeless. As, I said, as Amanda said before... Support and patience. You just got to talk them through it. It's true. And, you know, help them at least feel in some small way that you understand what they're going through and you're there to help them. But if you do feel like they are a danger to themselves, or hell, if you feel like you're a danger to yourself, law enforcement. Pick up the phone, call 911, get people there. Because sometimes, like I said, these episodes go to a point where even we can't stop it. You know, and even sedation isn't going to stop it. And you're going to need to be restrained. You're going to need to be put in a, you know, for lack of a better term, you're going to need to be put in the padded room. Yeah. You're going to need it. It happens. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've lived it. I know. Well, I've never ended up in a, in a facility, but. We came close. Yeah. I know. It is what it is. I mean, well, I, I mm. have, but the borderline is not bipolar. No, no so, it's not. And the thing is, is everybody always thinks that we have the same disorder. No. We don't. My disorder is very different than his disorder. His disorder is controllable with medication. Mine is not. No, hers requires, as we mentioned briefly before, didactic therapy. Well, it's recommended. It's, I, a lot of the borderlines I've spoken to really have benefited from didactic. But we're not going to get into that. We're not going to get into borderline today. We're getting into bipolar disorder. Because yes. didactic therapy does work for you as well. But it works in tandem with, with medication. medication. Yes. So that We're brings us into, into our risk factors. Yeah, the risk factors. There is some studies that show that the brains of bipolar disorder sufferers, they do differ from the brains of quote-unquote healthy people. I don't like the way it's phrased here, healthy people. Yeah. Because just because you're bipolar doesn't mean you're unhealthy. You didn't do anything. It's not like you suck down 200 Big Macs a month. And now you have this. No, that's unhealthy. Mm. This is just something in the chemistry or the structure of your brain that you have no control over. Nope. So I'm just going to say that out there. My fellow bipolars out there, there's nothing wrong with you due to your own doing. 
Aww. It's just something that happened. Anybody that suffers from a mental well, illness. Yes. It's not your fault. It's just the hand you were dealt. Unfortunately. Yeah. You know, I mean, shit happens. This is what, this is how our, this is how humanity as it evolves is becoming. We are not evolving in the way that we're supposed to, therefore it translates into mental disorders. Mm -hmm. People that are highly evolved in some way, shape, or form, believe it or not, I have noticed, and I noticed this trend because I did a study on my own about it. The smarter you are, the more likely you are to have a mental disorder. So, it, it, Amanda goes, I like your brain just the way it is. Uh, what? What? You did it to me before. There. Fair enough. Uh, they, also, they also believe that there is a genetic component. In my case, not so much. Mine, yes. Because I believe there's only one distant cousin that's a bipolar um, with... I'm saying me, part of my family. Your family, personally, it may be undiagnosed. Like, there may be people in your family that have been undiagnosed, but actually do suffer. Um... Like you, it took you I, know, I was about to say, aside from me, nobody really jumps out to mind. There's other disorders, I think, that have gone undiagnosed in my family, but we're not going to get into that right now. Yeah, no, we're not going family no. history bashing. No, no, no. Though it's funny you mention it that way because family history actually is another. Risk factor. But like factor. I said, yeah, it's another risk factor. People who have immediate family or, you know, the first ring of extended family that do suffer from bipolar will have a slightly higher incidence of having it themselves. Now, that doesn't mean that if your grandmother was bipolar, that you're definitely going to be bipolar. If your mother was bipolar, you're definitely going to be bipolar. Doesn't mean that. Excuse me. There's just a chance. Yeah, exactly. Example. I hate using myself again because we're not talking borderline, but genetic factors have been proven with borderlines now. Oh, yes. They proved it actually recently where I have four siblings, two half siblings and two full siblings. I am the only one out of all five of us to have borderline personality disorder. But I am positive that the person who carries the genetic trait for it is my father. All of us share the same dad, but only I got the borderline personality disorder. Because, believe it or not, even if you are genetically inclined to it, you need the trigger. Trigger, trigger, trigger. You need that trigger. Unfortunately with me... Borderlines get triggered early. Mm -hmm. It happened to me. Bipolar, on the other hand, I'm not sure what triggers it. I don't... What did... Did you ever... Uh, I never really got into what triggered it, per se. Because your brain chemistry just yeah, it's, changed. It's just a change in the brain chemistry that probably came on without any sort of warning. Oh. You know, one day I'm not, and the next day I am. Or, right. Or it's laid dormant and all of a sudden it just manifested itself one day. Well, I mean, as long as I've known you 20 plus years. Yeah, there it runs. Yeah, and I mean in, when we were younger I saw signs of it, but never to a point where it was like holy shit, this motherfucker's a psychopath. Well, you know? but I, no, you called me a psychopath, but you meant it in the nicest way possible. Because I'm a psycho. Psychos get along. But I'm just saying like Growing up with you, I, I didn't ever really say, oh, that's bipolar, that's bipolar. I knew you were depressive at times. I knew you had manic moments. But, you know, it wasn't one of those things where it's like, oh, my God, this guy is an undiagnosed EDP. Like, 
it was never like that. You know, and that and believe it or not, most it depends on the, you know your bipolar disorder. There's people that go for years without even knowing that they have any type of disorder. You example. I went for years without even thinking anything about it, and then it just came to a point where I was like, something's wrong. Something, something's not right. Like right. I thought I feel I'm doing the right things in my life, and you weren't. There's no offense. No, I'm taken. But there's just something not right. Maybe I maybe I need to seek the words of somebody that knows a little better than myself. It's true. I want to um, say real quick before we get into more of this. Thank you if you're joining us on Facebook. Thank you if you're joining us on our Twitch. We are streaming to you live on both. Um, we are talking. Uh, we are doing our part three of our five part series of the Enemy Within. Tonight is bipolar, which our own Josh Phoenix does suffer from. And that's why he's the one that I'm, you know, I'm taking, he's taking point. This is personal to him. If you suffer from this or know someone that suffered from this, pay attention. We may teach you something tonight that could help you save or even life. help your friend save a life. You don't know. You never, never know. know. So yeah. what, what, when it comes to bipolar disorder, one thing that you and I have been complaining about throughout the whole series is, that the healthcare system of America only just wants to shove pills down your throat. Pills, mental disabilities, mental disorders are to be swept under the rug. No, but don't ask, don't tell. Nobody wants to talk about it, even the people that are suffering for, from it, because they fear judgment. Right. We so live how, in a judgy, judgy, judgy world where if you. Fucking snowflakes. Yeah. The, the, oh, well, you know, you're not bipolar. You're just. You're just you just have eaten too many GMOs or some fucking bullshit like uh, that. Listen, I recently, I, I recently, thanks to, you know, whatever, I'm not even going to say what, I started eating cleaner and, you know, vegan-y. I'm not a vegan. I am not a vegan, but I've been eating vegan food-ish. And, um, it's different, you know, like, you could feel a difference. Let's not get it twisted. You feel a difference, but it's not... It's not the same. You no. can't contract bipolar disorder from eating food. You can't contract autism from a vaccine. Yeah, let's let's just put that retarded ass baby to bed. I'm sorry for being unPC about it, but that is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. No, that vaccines make you autistic. Yeah, because then in that case, I should be. And I should be too. Considering how many times you and I had to get constantly vaccinated to keep ourselves ahead of the game with our job, you and I should be. Ah! Or unable to make eye contact. And for those of you watching the Phoenix Gate podcast, you can see I make a lot of eye contact. I don't. But that's just because you're an antisocial motherfucker. Yeah, that's true. I mean, my shirt itself says, says I hate you. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> but yeah, as we said, our modern healthcare system would prefer to just shove pills down your throat or lock you away. Yeah, I mean... Or this, that, and the other thing. That's what I'm saying. Like, where, what treatment with and bipolar, therapy... With bipolar, yes, there is a certain element where talk therapy can be helpful. Yeah. Bipolar is one of those things where, yes, some sort of medication is required. Yeah. And there are a myriad of different kinds of medications that can be used to properly treat bipolar disorder. What are you on? Uh, me, personally, I'm on a mood stabilizer. I'm on Lamotrigine. Okay. Or otherwise known as Lamictal. Mm-hmm. And that's one of those ones where you need to build up the levels in your system. I started off at 25 milligrams every I day. We, I think we said this in the last one of the last yeah. ones. Where we were talking about depression, how a yeah. lot of these medications that they're going to give you not only will cross-treat, but also 
they have to be built up. So yes. they're not an overnight thing where you yeah. take the pill and it's like, I'm good. Yeah. And I also mentioned the reason with Lamictal, why I needed to build up my levels, was because there is a major side effect with Lamotrigine known as Stevens-Johnson syndrome, which manifests in a horrible, burning, purulent rash. So that's why my psychiatrist started me on a low dose mm -hmm. to see if I exhibited those symptoms, and if not, then increase, increase, increase. Right. Until now, your relief. Yes. Now, I personally have found since the le my, my levels are at, I'm at uh, 150 milligrams a day. That's not bad. No. Well, I mean, my ideal level would be 200. That's where my psychiatrist wants me at 200 milligrams. On since just Lamictal? I, yeah, just Lamictal. Okay. Um, is that all you I, take? That's all I take. Is and then we have other people out there that have to t sometimes take multiple. Yes. I mean, I, I'll, I'll be upfront about it that while the extreme mood swings have, for the most part, been stabilized, because mm -hmm. I'm on a mood stabilizer, but there is an underlying anxiety that is still kind of rearing its ugly head, and my psychiatrist said once we get up to 200 milligrams, so I'm still having the anxiety, we can talk about something else, but that's another bad time, another bad station. But yeah, mood stabilizers like Lamictal are really good for treating bipolar disorder. Those specifically that are like me, bipolar 2, that have more depressive episodes than manic. Now, popular in the old days, a popular medication for bipolar disorder was lithium. Yeah, but... Until they discovered that lithium toxicity was a real thing and it was pretty goddamn serious. Which we did talk about in the depression Yes, episode. we did. Because... Like we said. Yeah, because Ross. lithium... Lithium is a good medication for depression as well. Because it's not a mood stabilizer, it is a mood elevator. Yes. It makes you feel happy. So obviously that fell out of favor because People who wants died. to take no, who wants to take mood elevators when you're already in a manic state? That's just gonna make it worse. It's true. I can't even tell you, like People that, again, the misdiagnosis issue, where back in high school I knew a guy that was, um, like, he was always depressed, but then he would have these manic episodes. And this is before, you know, he decided to go get some help. And I kept telling him, you know, like, dude, I think you're bipolar. Mm -hmm. and, I'll, and, and he'd be like, I'm not bipolar, I'm depressed. I'm, I know what I am, I'm, I'm depressed. And I'm like, but then how come whenever you take your lithium and you're really hyper, it gets worse. And then he'd be like, no, 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 no. Years later, after we graduated high school, years later, I saw him at, I saw him at a high school reunion. I think it was like a 10-year reunion. Yeah, I'm old. Fuck off. Um, he, and he said to me, he goes, you know, all those years ago, you were right. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, I was later on diagnosed with bipolar disorder, and I was later on found that the lithium I used to take would make it worse. And I'd be sitting there like, oh! Duh. You know, like, hello, oh my god, this like, is something, like, oh my god, like, this is something that could have saved my friend so much heartbreak, yeah. pain, anxiety, all sorts of fucking shit if they had just diagnosed him properly and given him the proper medication. And then on that note, when somebody finally decides to get themselves some help, or they're teetering with the idea and they, they're, they're unsure... Again, like I said, things you don't want to say to bipolars, oh, just get over it. Get over yourself. It doesn't work that it way. It doesn't work that though, because you don't understand deep down, like, the, the shame, because we feel like there's something wrong with us. There's a stigma on all mental disorders. Yes. And especially bipolar, because bipolar is one of the big ones that everybody knows, or they think they do. Yeah, you think you know. 
But you, you know, don't. Unless you're a bipolar, you don't know. Like, how, how many times have people turned around and been like, oh, you're bipolar, because, you know, one minute I'll be like, woo, and the next minute I'll be like, fuck you. That's just Jade Phoenix. No, that's borderline. No, that's, that's just Jade Phoenix. Me too. That's just me too. Where, yeah. you know, where I'll be like, woo, fuck you, and then, oh, no, really, fuck you. But again. Yeah, but when it gets to really, fuck you. Right, I mean, again. That's where, you know, let's go, come on. I know. But, like, again, I'm talking about the misdiagnosis. Yes. People first, when I, like I said, first diagnosis depressed, then I was diagnosed as manic depressed, then I was diagnosed as bipolar, then they did the brain scans. And so they, di- they diagnosed you as the same thing twice? Yes. <laughs> yes. And um, then it was PTSD, and then it was all sorts of other shit, and then it was like, then finally one doctor sat down, really looked at everything, looked at all my blood work, looked at everything that they did, and said... No, this bitch is borderline. She ain't bipolar. It's the same thing they did with you. Years. They were like, something's wrong. Oh, you're just depressed. Oh, you're just having a little anxiety. Oh, you're just having a, you know, you're just going through a rough time. Mm-hmm. Oh, how many times have we heard? It's just a rough time. You'll get over yeah, you it. Yeah, you should go through a You'll get patch. over it. It'll be fine. You gotta just keep your head up. Fuck you. It don't work that way with bipolar. It does not. It doesn't work that way with a lot of mental disorders. Bipolar especially, Yes. Though. But another medication is atypical antipsychotics. I personally am not on them. I'm not a fan of them because in their name, there's nothing psychotic. A manic episode is not psychotic. For the most part, a manic episode is only... It can become psychotic. Yes. In extreme cases, it can become psychotic. But a manic episode, even at its worst, you're really, for the most part, only risking the well-being of one person, and that's yourself. Facts. So antipsychotics, I don't feel are the best treatment for bipolar, but I'm not a doctor, I'm not a psychiatrist. That's just my two cents about that. Um, another one that my psychiatrist actually talked about to me and I shot down because of some of the side effects, uh, excuse me, side effects, are antidepressants. I don't now, like for those of you in the medical field like us, we know that one of the Big, big problems back in the bad old days was tricyclic antidepressants in terms of overdoses and suicide attempts because that's really hard to treat because the tricyclic antidepressants really fuck your system up. In fact, if anything, I think a lot of these antidepressants that they were throwing us on when we were younger because they didn't properly diagnose us may have actually eventually led to the bigger disorders. I that That is a good point. I would not necessarily disagree with that at all. Now, me personally, uh, my psychiatrist talked about antidepressants, and I'll say it plain as day. Now, no, well, I said no. What I actually said to him was, "Listen, uh, we can talk about different medications, but I have two things, side effects that I will not put up with: weight gain, weight gain, and erectile dysfunction." Well. Nobody really wants to deal with that. No, nobody wants to deal with it, but those are two of the big, nasty side effects from antidepressants. Which, of course, are going to lead to more spirals, because it's going to lead to shame, it's yeah. going to lead to pain, because it's going to lead to all this other shit. Because you and you feel fat, and you don't want to go out, and you get more depressed. And then you can't fuck. Yeah. Which, yes. fucking, will automatically give your serotonin yeah. and dopamine levels that, you know... As well as your natural endorphins. Exactly. And you're going to be sitting there going, I can't fuck. I yeah. can't fuck. So your natural antidepressants are not going to even be able to kick in. So, um, so you don't get it up because you can't get it up. Because you don't get it up because you can't get it up. And the endless catch-22 cycle continues. Yeah. 
So, I mean, not every antidepressant does that. Me personally, for different things in the past, I have taken some antidepressants, namely Wellbutrin, and that was to quit smoking back in the bad old days. Which I still think may... I still think that Wellbutrin, believe it or not, I hate that medication, and I've said this in the other episodes, I believe that Wellbutrin may possibly be the reason why you're now bipolar. Um, it fucks with your brain chemistry. No, but I wasn't. I didn't start taking the Wellbutrin until in, until my mid to late twenties when so? I was trying to quit smoking cigarettes. So, I, I don't. I I personally don't feel that my swings were any different after the Wellbutrin, especially because I was on it so briefly. Because I did catch a side effect of uncontrolled rage when I was on the Wellbutrin. Oh, I yeah. realized that it, I remember, and I pretty much called my primary care physician the next day and said, listen, this thing is turning me into a rage monster. We're not playing this game anymore. And then pretty much my, my doctor threw up her hands like, I don't really know what else to do. And I ended up going back to cigarettes for a little while. I'm off cigarettes now, as you can see, because I'm constantly vaping on the Phoenix Gate podcast. And that has worked well. I haven't touched a cigarette in three years. No judgment to those who still smoke, but there are options out there, just saying. I quit multiple times. Yes, you have. I have, and recently I'm on a quit phase. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, good for you. Thank you. Good for you. So, okay. Keep up, keep up the good fight. Yeah. <laughs> so, when it comes to people with bipolar disorder, the best... Patience, thing- patience, patience. Support, support, support. Those of you out there that are the normals that don't have a mental disorder, no matter what condition you're dealing with, support and patience are the keys to being a productive member in this person's recovery. There are people in my life that I cut out, and I flat out told them, you cannot be a positive force in my recovery. I cannot have you in my life. Deuces, bye Felicia, wave on Wanda. See ya. Wouldn't want to be you. Well, I mean, then here's the other thing, guys. Like we've said, we may be medical providers, but we are not doctors. We are not psychiatrists. We are not psychologists. This is just our two cents. And our personal experience. Yeah. And the research that we've done on our, these disorders. Because the internet is a wonderful tool to educate yourself on these disorders. Educate yourself on how to react around someone who may have this disorder. Or hell, if you have it, how to maybe learn how to cope better. Until because, you can get some proper care. Right. So when it comes to medication, talk to your doctor. And if the medication's making you feel weird, or if you're starting to feel psychotic, or if you're starting to feel like it's making things worse... Talk to your doctor. Because there is always a different option. But here's the thing. Just because you may not like the way the medication makes you feel because you're no longer, woo, and you're kind of just, woo, then it means it's working. Yeah, that, that just because you're not, you know the happiest motherfucker at the party anymore doesn't mean it's a bad thing. That means your mood is stabilizing. And that's kind of what you want. A little bit. A little bit. I mean, you know, I mean, me personally... How many times have we met our friends or had patients that, oh, I didn't like the way the medication made me feel. Okay, well, how did it make you feel? Meh. Okay, meh compared to how you are now where you gotta talk to me and I'm in uniform about to drag your ass to the psyche yard? Or meh, I want to take a bullet and eat it. And if it's mad, like, I just, I don't feel like I'm as fun anymore. Well, then just, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say get over yourself, but you know what? You need to realize that's what the medication is supposed to do. And if you didn't know that, that means one of two things. One, you weren't listening when your shrink was talking to you. Or two, your shrink's a fucking moron that didn't explain it to you. 
Most likely the former. That mm. you just weren't paying attention. Yeah. I mean, there is a chance that, you know, you have a crap shrink and then you just need to find another one. It's not even that. These like We, we give shrinks such a hard time. But the thing is, is, so many people have gone undiagnosed. So many people have got these issues. And the thing is, is that the American healthcare does not system does not cater to people that have our disorders. They do not pay these doctors what they deserve to be paid for having to deal with people like us. They do not pay for your medications. They don't cover the things that need to be covered. So therefore, people are left with no options. And if exactly. you're when you're left with no options, you become desperate. And then you have to pay out of pocket, and people are poor. How the yeah, hell are we yeah. going to pay out of pocket? But even beyond that, when you get desperate, then you self-medicate with drugs and alcohol, which I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I, you saw me. I just drank a strong zero. That's fine. But I'm drinking one. What? And that's it. Sorry, Jack. People, people that are self de- on, self-medicating with drugs and alcohol for a variety of disorders, they really don't know when enough is enough for the most part because they just want to feel good or want to feel better and unfortunately sometimes you build a tolerance to some of these things like if you're all you know running with you know bottle rockets shoved up your ass and flying all over the place you may want to use pills or heaven forbid heroin to bring no, yourself down no, a little no, bit don't bring that up. but then no but I'm going everyone to this up. is misfit by the way yes. he's one of the clouder he's one yes of the he's boys. one of the oldest of the clouder yes He's 13. And the oldest of the clouders down over there. Yes, he is. But that's another thing, guys. There's a new therapy. Self-medication drugs and alcohol is not good. No, but there is also new therapies that are always popping up. Uh, CBD oil. CBD oil. I personally use CBD oil, and I'll tell you, it's not as effective as the mood stabilizers, but it's good at taking the edge off. It is. And then the other Later thing. Later in the day, because I take, I take my meds first thing in the morning. And the CBD oil, maybe midday later in the day, is good to take the edge off. Right, and then it, and help you cope a little better. Also, a lot of things that you guys got to realize is there's many things out there that you could do to take the edge off. If you feel an episode coming on, and it's a manic one, run it off. Run. Go to the gym. Go hang out with a friend. It's getting nice out, guys. It's getting nice. Go play go the video games. If you don't want to go outside, but yes, go, get outside. Go outside because that's also getting you your daily vitamin D, which is good for your <laughs> overall health. And then once you're behind closed doors, you can get the other vitamin D. There, I said it. Anyways. Pets are also great therapy. I mean, my... Emotional support animals are great for bipolar, for depression, PTSD. Borderline. Borderline. A lot of different disorders. Both my dogs are certified uh, emotional service animals. I, if I, I could certify all of my cats if I needed to. Because, I mean, if you can't tell, Misfit is very attentive to my needs. He knows when things are wrong. Animals are... They, they know. Yes. They'll know. I mean, honestly, guys, they have different yogas now that you could do. Like goat yoga and cat yoga and puppy yoga. Go take a fucking class! Yeah. Use that... If you find yourself in a lot of manic states... Excuse me. Use that manic state to do something. Go to a paint night. Go to a ceramic studio. Do something different. Go to an escape room. Right. And then if you guys are like sitting here and you're going to say, I don't got money for that shit, there's always, always, always free programs. There's always free programs. And you know what? Honestly, if you want to use art therapy, that's going to run you, oh, I don't know, maybe 20 bucks to go to Barnes & Noble and buy an adult coloring book and some colored pencils and go to town. Trust me. I know. 
I do it. I fully support art therapy with adult coloring books. Guys, there is they something... even have an app for it yes. on the phone. But and it's just free! Personally, there's something just very therapeutic. It's sitting there. You put on some nice music, maybe some sort of scented, you know, like use a wax burner or a scented candle or something. Set the mood for yourself. And just sit down and, you know, feel that sort of meditative effect from just choosing colors. And it, it's a self-expression. Yeah. I mean, I really wish I had my adult coloring book with me so you could see what I'm talking about. Because I personally will reach, you know, branch out with colors. I like it to be bright and colorful because I find that has the most therapeutic effect on me personally. Maybe you want to use darker colors if you choose to do this therapy. That's fine. As long as it's not, you know, black on black on black with a little gray thrown in for good measure. Because that's, you know, signs of other things. Oh, yeah. True, true, true. But, you know, like I said, if you feel some weird side effects, make sure you talk to your doctor about side effects. I talked to my psychiatrist about the side effects of Lamotrigine, and they were minor at best, so I was on board for giving this a shot, and I'm personally glad I did. Because it's really helped. It's helped stabilize my moods. People on the outside... I don't want to kill him anymore, most of the time. I'm still borderline. Yeah. I'm still borderline, but so people, it's, I'm still always going to kill you. People outside of my inner circle have noticed. I mean, Coburg is doing like you. You seem a lot... Chiller. A lot more chill and a lot less grouchy than you used to be. I, I know Eli can vouch for that. Yeah. That I'm a lot less grouchy than I used to be. Now uh, that, I mean, you could have your moments. Oh, everybody has their moments. I mean, you know, I still have depressive episodes. Yes, Nothing is a perfect system. But they're a lot fewer and far between since I got some help and I started taking the mood stabilizers and taking a more active role in my recovery. It's true. Honestly, guys, you really can't sit there. You can't ignore this. If you were diagnosed, don't sit there and act like it didn't happen. Yeah. It did. There, there, there is no shame with having a mental disorder. It's None. not something you did. It's something that you were dealt. You just can't help it. And, you know, jumping back to the art therapy for a second, like these adult coloring books, there are adult coloring books in a million different subjects. Ooh, sorry. I personally use ocean, the Ocean Mandalas one or yeah. the Tattoo Art one. Those are the two I have. Those what work for me. If you like cats, if you like whales, if you like ocean scenes, if you like superheroes... They have adult coloring books for all of them. And they're not paint by numbers. You can use whatever goddamn colors you feel like. You can have a green and black Superman if you want. It's true. You can do whatever you want. Art therapy. I mean, you can read study upon study upon study about how many mental disorders that art therapy is good for. And me personally, paint nights, I find it really great too. Because there is some somewhat of a framework you got to follow because you're following an instructor as you're painting something. But you can still give but, your own self I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll admit, every paint night I've ever gone to, at some point, I've invariably fucked up the picture. Yeah. And I've gone on my own. And some of them have really turned out great. Most of them end up having Jack Skellington in there somewhere. I'll admit it. Just because there's a big white circle somewhere in the painting and I just paint Jack into it. It's true. I mean, I've done only... I've wanted to do more paint nights, but I've had... Well, then that's something... We, as the two Phoenixes. twin phoenixes, have to do more often. Agreed. Because there is one right there in Garden City, Ooh. and it's really chill because not only can you do paint night... You drink! You drink during paint night, and that is wonderful. Adult paint nights yes. usually will get drinks. Yes. They usually do have so, drinks. Yeah, 
not not really meaning to plug anything, but Muse Paint Bar in Garden City is where I go, and they are great. The instructors are patient, they're calm, the staff there is great, they will talk you through any problem, and they will make you feel like even if you fuck up the picture, you're just expressing yourself, and that's totally fine. It's true, I mean, Which, honestly... for those of us that have a mental disorder, oh my god, how sorely do we need that validation that whatever we're doing... Is okay. It's okay. It's true. It's true. I mean, honestly, is like um, there's really not much else to say. I mean, bipolar disorder, it really does, it mimics. Yes, it mimics a lot of other disorders. It does mimic. Um, that's why we keep saying that a lot of things in this series are going to cross. They're going to be different. Like, mm-hmm. you're going you're gonna to notice there's a general pattern to a lot of the disorders that we are talking about. Yes. Bipolar disorder being one of them where it's actually funny because I said this because somebody was talking to me on Mother's Day. And they're like, well, what's the difference between a bipolar and a borderline? I said, borderlines have a problem with our hardware. Bipolars have a problem with their software. There ain't nothing soft about me. Yeah, you know what I meant. Oh, had, to. had to. Ah! But, you know, going on this whole side effects, talk to your doctor if you're concerned. First of all, most important, do not, do not, do not. Discontinue a medication without speaking to your psychiatrist and or your, your primary, primary care, care first. Do not, because the the withdrawal symptoms oh. can be worse than the disorder themselves. It's true, especially if you've been on this medication yeah, for, for like years. If you don't like the, if you don't like the way the drug makes you feel, Hello, talk to your doctor. Maybe they could try a different drug. Maybe they could up or lower the dosage. Something. Don't just stop cold turkey. Don't stop your meds. Just don't yeah. do it because then we got to come get you and we got to bring you to the hospital and they're going to have to dose your ass up mm-hmm. and you're going to feel worse because then you're going to come right back down off those meds again and a vicious cycle starts where you go through withdrawal and then you got to go to the hospital. Exactly. Then you're back on the medication. So you decide you don't want to take that medication and blah, 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 blah. Stop doing it. If yes. you're on a medication and it doesn't feel right, talk to your doctor. Before stopping. Before your doctor stopping. May, your doctor may say, listen, you've taken your dose for the day. I'm going to make a call to your local ER. Tell them to expect you because this drug is doing this, that, and the other thing to you. And you need to be medically monitored until we can find something that works for you. Right. And if you turn around and be like, oh, well, then why the fuck? Like, if you are afraid that you're going to be stuck in a hospital for a 72-hour stay. that's that. Just because you're going for a psychiatric reason does not mean you're getting locked up for 72 hours. It's not. If you stop those meds cold turkey yeah, and you go whole hog off the deep end, you better believe you're going to get at least 72 hours. At least. At least. Let's not count the fact that I'm going to have to be there. I'm going to have to wrestle you. Then law enforcement's going to have to come. Then you're going to have to come. Don't tease me, bro. People are going to be sedated. You're going to be burritoed. And then you're going to be dragged to the hospital. And you're going to be even angrier. And it's just a... You're just going to make it worse for yourself. Because you're going to be obstinate. You're going to be stubborn. And you're not going to want to do shit. Exactly. Like, cooperate. If you cooperate, then shit goes the way it's supposed to. Exactly. Now, we gave you... Is there anything else that we we, want to... No, yeah. We gave you some numbers... Early on in the series, the suicide hotline, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Bipolar, depression, PTSD, borderline, OCD, anxiety, whatever mental disorder you may be suffering from, if you're on medications and you have done your research, which I recommend everybody does, 
The internet while is a wonderful while thing. While your psychiatrists and your psychotherapists are knowledgeable about these things, as we said, nothing is a perfect system. Some people get serious side effects. The number I'm about to give you is actually for the MedWatch Adverse Event Reporting Program for the FDA. If you get a major side effect, you want to call this number. That way they can document it. And maybe the people that develop these drugs need to tweak them a little bit. Just and that's what the FDA does. And that number is 1-800-332-1088. You can send a report. Your doctor can send a report about it. And for the most part... Hell, if you end up in the hospital for an adverse reaction from a medication that was prescribed to you, yeah. and you look up the side effects of this medication and realize this is not listed... That's, you've got to call that. Maybe that needs to be added to the severe side because effects it may for have, the drug. Right, because it, it may have given you this effect, but it could be worse for somebody else and it could kill them. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, again, inadvertently by doing this reporting, by doing this and mm-hmm. explaining your own personal experiences, you could be saving somebody else's life. Yeah. And I'm sorry, we're, we're both of the mindset that we're all human beings. We are all equal. I am a cat. I am not a human being. Okay, why don't you just move to Norway and hang out with that other chick that thinks she's a cat? Oh, no. (laughs) But yeah, call that number if you have a severe side effect. Again. These people know what they're talking about, so that's one number you're going to call where you're not going to feel judged. Of course, the suicide hotline is another one because that's what they do. Uh, yeah. And again, no judging. No judging. If you guys need to call an ambulance, call a fucking ambulance. If you got to we- call an ambulance for a loved one, you know what? They may be pissed at you for a week or two, but eventually they'll realize that you did something right for them. Yeah. So don't be afraid that, oh, my sister, my brother, my mom, my dad, my cousin... My girlfriend is going to be mad at me because I called an ambulance because she's having a severe manic episode where she thinks she can fly off the roof. And trust me, in extreme cases, that can happen. It has. But, you know what? Some of you out there listening or watching may think, oh, well, you know, this is just, you know, a small handful of people that I may never meet in my lifetime. But you know what? I'm going to throw out a couple people that have suffered from mental disorders and it's really, it's led to their death pyramid. And they're people that you know. Heath Ledger being the first one. Yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman. And it's always been my belief that River Phoenix was suffering from mental disorders when he OD'd and died. I, I believe that most of the people that OD in some way actually do suffer or are suffering. And which is why they do the an, drugs that they do. I'm going to throw out one more name. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson, or even more, that get, gets down to the heart. Robin Williams. Prince. Prince. Robin Williams. These are people that were big influences on all our lives. You Robin Williams if you want. even said... Chester Benningfield. Yes. Pennington. Whatever. Uh, I'm drunk from young. You can tell. My cheeks are like really red. <laughs> she got the Irish flush. I got the Irish flush going on right now. But um, Chester, then we had uh, his friend Chris. Yes. Chris Cornell. Chris Cornell. Um, Mol- How many? Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher. Well, Carrie Fisher wasn't. A, she was an accident. She, but she suffered from <sighs> and was very vocal about it. She, no, she it was through surgery. Yeah. So that's different. But, uh, but either way, she was very vocal about what goes on in her head. She was a bipolar. Sam Sam Kinison, Richard Jenny, I mean, so many celebrities so many. out there that were in the struggle with us. Yeah. 
but you know their names because they're famous. You yeah. may not know the names. Those of us that are just regular, ordinary, everyday people, we're, we're in the shadows. Nobody knows our name for the most part. And Lady Gaga herself has yeah. said how many times, I suffer from depression, I suffer from this, I suffer from that. And, and, and actually, thank you for mentioning her, because she is one of those celebrities that is a huge proponent of getting the help you need. She, I believe from what I've heard about her, if you write her a letter talking about how you saved her life, she actually fucking reads it. She reads every single letter, and then we'll send something back. Yeah. So, again, just quickly, and another, because we talked about it during depression. Mm. Some people in extreme cases, some shrinks may be crazy enough to suggest ECT for bipolar. No, no, no. It's just my two cents, but no. Shock therapy is brutal and it's pointless. It's not good. But you know what? By that clock on the wall, I'm kind of seeing it's that time where we got to wrap things up. This is Josh Phoenix. I headed up this episode because this disorder hits right home with me. It really does. But I really thank all of you for tuning in, listening. Those of you that are going to listen in the future on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, etc. Thank you for listening. Thank you for bringing me into your home for about an hour and letting me tell my story and give my two cents. And talk about your experiences. Yeah, talk about my experiences. Just and basically get it off your chest. Yeah, get it this off. This is a therapy. Yeah, this is my own form of therapy. There was a little beer snobbery thrown in. Yeah. It all good in the hood. But please tune in next week where we'll be bringing you The Enemy Within Part 4. Where we'll sort of be splitting the time between obsessive compulsive disorder and anxiety. Which kind of go hand in they hand. They do kind of go hand in hand. And it's, I think it's going to be a really great episode. I if you know the, anybody that suffers from these disorders and would like to learn, or maybe even talk and tell their story, guys, hit us up on all of our social media yeah, platforms. We, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, all of that. We will read your messages and we will write back. Not even. We'll talk about it on air. Yeah, Every we'll single person that has commented tonight has been gotten mentioned. Every single one of their comments was responded to. Yes. We have no problem doing that. But also, if you don't necessarily want your name thrown out there and you want to be kept anonymous... Just, just say it. Just say so, and we'll keep it, you know, behind the scenes. We'll talk to you. We'll help you in any way we can. Our doors because are always open. Because that's why we're here. Our doors are always open. Guys, tune in next week. Same bat time, same bat Station. channel. I am Josh Phoenix. I am Jade Phoenix. And look this out. is the Phoenix Gate Podcast. Yes. Thank you for tuning in. And look out for us at East Coast Comic Con this weekend. Well, me. Look out for me. I have swag. And then, mm-hmm. um, just... Stay tuned. Yep. Okay, thank Hi, Jugs. Cool. <laughs> Glad you saw Detective Pikachu. We're not talking about that this week. Sorry. And I still haven't seen it, so Neither no spoilers. So, shh, shh. But, um, guys, tune into the Instagram and the Twitter. I'll be posting stuff up from the con itself. Uh, Josh will be posting up different things throughout the week. And also tune in for Epic Beer Snobbery next week. It's going to be a good one. Oh, yeah. It's oh. going to be a good one. Oh, it's definitely going to be it's a good one. It's going to be a good one. But guys, we love you, we love you. So uh, again, reach out. We love you. Later. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Okay, I love you, bye-bye. Bye. I think, yeah.